Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse. Piglet Day is more important than ever this year. My arch rival, Brad Flanagan, his son is going off to college. He's going to be coming to our Piglet Days. We need to steal his son from him. I need you to personally watch over the kid during the event, make sure all of his needs are met, and, you know, just give it that nice personal touch. I'll do it. Those of you that impress upon Brad Flanagan some interest in our university will receive extra credit and a renowned letter of reference by yours truly. Instructions unclear. Everyone's trying to catfish (laughs) his dad. (laughs) We're doing like a group project where we all pitch in to make one body. In my head, I am referring to it as the Zomboni. Uh, So then, yeah, we'll save that publish role for when we get to Piglet Day. Yikes. You will take that as an advantage. I like that. The third forecast (laughs) are ancient glasses. The function is to enhance... The target is denizens of another plane. I know we've been together for a while, but my purpose was there with the Dean. Liam, will you help me bring the world back into focus? One of the final and key lessons that students will need to understand to pass this class is how to make true friends. You must create a problem and also provide the solution. To this dog's satisfaction, you have to explain why causing problems for a friend is a good thing. Um, I'm sorry, Dr. Templeton. I, I, I really gotta do this thing. I'm, uh, is that a horse outside? And then he books it out the door. Your current dig site, what is it and why is it in the middle of an Arby's? I just recently learned of a clandestine gathering of the elite The Arby's stakeholders, they have the meats. They have the meats. There was that one time in Cancun. Never mind. You don't want to hear that story. You've told me no more Cancun stories. I'm sorry you don't travel as much as I do. One day, I hope you can travel and see the world. Okay. We arrive in two days' time at Wednesday. And with Wednesday comes an important day. It is Piglet Day. Is this a Snickers bar? Is this a taser? (laughs) Is it a calculator? Is it cake? Who knows? Oh, hello. Are you my guide to the event? Uh, sort of. Hi, Brad. Uh, you can call me Liam. You can call me BJ. That's what my friends do. Really? What if I gave you to the kid and told the kid to give you to the dean? Won't the dean think that I have a kid then? No. Glasses don't usually have kids. Sure. If you think this will get me closer to the dean. Great. Now shut up. (laughs) Okay. Turn left ahead. Your glasses direct you to the left, and this is where you were heading uh, in your tour with Brad. You're heading to uh, one of the most significant events uh, here during Piglet Day. Uh, There's a special research showcase happening at the Department of Life and Death. It's very convenient because the circle where the buses drop people off is just a little bit up the road. 
Um, the road that you've walked down with Brad led you by the tables with the food and also took you past your department building with your black swan statue, which is right across the street from the Department of Life and Death. So you cross the road, you head up the front stairs, and you head up into the front waiting doors of the Department of Life and Death. Uh, inside is an atrium. This atrium spans two floors. It has actually a, a little glass walkway on the second floor that overlooks the space. It's big enough to fit several hundred people, and several hundred people are here. There is a stage uh, that has various lights and banners set up around it, all adorned for Piglet Day. It says Piglet Day, Research Showcase, Big Letters. There's several folding chairs that have been set up in the atrium, leaving just enough space around the edges for people to walk around and continue up the stairs if they need to go deeper into the building. But this is where people are mostly focused right now. Standing up on stage, there's a group of different professors and uh, staff from the university who are all like finishing the final setup. You have just like a couple of minutes here before the show. The show, I, the show case. I guess it is a show before the show begins. <laughs> um, it will be a spectacle. How about that? Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Maya. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what other kind of decorations? We're in the Department of Life and Death. Obviously, you had the bone streamers outside the, doing the clickety-clack and the breeze. Um, do you have more of those inside? What kind of adornment is present in the Department of Life and Death on this day? So I want you to imagine real quick that I am about to gross you out once more. Okay. Um, so that scene in Shrek, the first one. <laughs> Where Shrek and Fiona are in the middle of their uh, travel montage mm -hmm. um, with the music in the background. And at one point, Shrek blows up a frog to make it into a balloon. Yeah. Riley. <laughs> are there balloon frogs? There are balloon frogs. Oh, no! <laughs> and we, we have hired a professional clown in one of the corners. <laughs> <laughs> to take things like centipedes and worms and make them into balloon animals. Oh, that's so oh. funny. I, I like to imagine that it's just a normal clown that you yeah. just hired on, yeah. and they didn't realize until they got here what they we were We didn't tell into. him. Yeah. Yeah. We just gave him, here's this long balloon-like structure. Uh -huh. Blow it up and make So things. is this clown slow, like quietly crying? Like you can tell they're crying even you though they're smiling? You would think smiling? he painted it already. Yeah, yeah. Like the, okay. the tear streaks, like okay. the, uh, the artistic clown painting. Uh -huh. But no. They're real. He, he was crying off his eyeliner. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the crying is past now. Like he's been here long enough that uh -huh. we're past that stage. Yeah. We're in the resigned $20 is $20 <laughs> stage. Uh, and uh, each new person who comes up and asks him for a particular balloon animal to be made from these atrocities. Increasingly smaller, but a new fresh chip of his soul is taken away <laughs> <laughs> every time somebody wants one of these things. Uh, so yeah, there's a clown off to the side. I like this detail. Uh, <laughs> there are balloons. It's very traumatic There detail. are balloons throughout with large bug eyes. <laughs> Staring down at the, oh. at the people. Uh, and on stage, uh, Maya, you're there. Uh, the dean is there. Uh, the assistant dean is there. Uh, the head of your department, Skeletor, is there. Um, Skeletor is dressed up in, like, a nice suit, but, like, the sleeves have been ripped off. <laughs> uh, they weren't 
cutoff. They weren't tailored to look that way. No, you actually remember the day several months ago where he'd gotten this new suit and then just ripped the sleeves off. Well, how is it, would it contain his biceps otherwise? Yeah. Like, it couldn't. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> so Skeletor's up there with you. And you're putting the final touches on what's going to be accompanying you for this presentation. Um, I'm going to add a restriction to this that the zombie pigman that you've been making, the zomboni, I think we called the him zomboni. at some point, uh, that, that your students helped work on, that's like part of their work. I think also uh, because you were conducting this concurrently with finishing up this research project for the dean, um, which was about the sowing of souls, I think that I would like the zomboni to be involved in some way in your presentation, like relating to your research. Is that... Yes, cool. that's exactly what I was going to do. Oh, awesome. uh, he is the core piece uh, in in my presentation in general. So I just happened to have the students make him, uh, so I didn't have to do that part. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think also just to establish, I think Liam and BJ, you all find seats somewhere towards the back. Uh, there's there's still a few left. I think BJ goes over and is one of those <laughs> one of the people who asks for a blue animal. <laughs> <laughs> you see the eye twitch. <laughs> I, like Liam would have warned BJ when they walked in the building. Okay, this is the Department of Life and Death. Touch nothing. Eat nothing they give you. He says, yeah, sure. Uh, and then he proceeds to absolutely do the opposite. Of mm-hmm. <laughs> so up on stage, um, Riley, Maya, uh, I would like you to then describe for me what the setup of your presentation is and then... Not going into the results of it yet, because we're going to still roll for that. Uh, sort of like, what is the presentation? Are you going to, like, sew in the soul live? Uh, what's the, what's the, what are you doing? Yes, um, there is an elongated stage that we've set up. It's one of those you can set up or take down from the very middle of the room mm-hmm. for such events. It is long enough to have two parties of people on it. On one end, there's going to be seven evocators. Mm-hmm. Uh, dressed in their appropriate robes and holding their respective books. And I'm going to be on the other end with the other piece, the other core piece of the presentation. And I'm going to be like announcing what's going to happen. Okay. And there's a fold out chair in the very front that has a place card that says Mr. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for your Dean? Or you've indicated before that you think that the Dean of Glory staff might show up or. Just trying to assess whether that's... Uh, for my Dean, since he okay. asked this project of yeah. me. Cool, cool, cool. I I think the presentation starts off then with Dr. Skeletor, PhD. He described it as an elongated stage with people set up on either end. I think he's like in the middle of it. And he's like, yeah, welcome, welcome to our research showcase. <laughs> and the whole crowd claps enthusiastically uh, along along with him raising his arms. Uh, and he explains sort of the, like, he welcomes everyone to the event and it explains that they're going to be demonstrating some, like, really cutting edge research in the Department of Life and Death today. And that it is being conducted by, and he gestures specifically to you, and today's presentation is going to be from Dr. Maya Bright, who not only is our latest and greatest most exceptional researcher here at Pig Smoke University, our foremost research institution, but also... She is going to be the future of this department. She's going to be the new head of the Department of Life and Death. 
Uh, and there's all like, like I think the the crowd like is already like sort of clapping for you just instinctively because he's like announced who's going to be doing the presentation. But like the, that detail drops, and everybody's sort of like, oh shit, like wow, like this is like this is this feels like an important announcement to be happening here. And <laughs> I think the dean who is sitting in the dean chair raises an eyebrow and like. I think the assistant dean is sitting next to him and you see him like lean over to her and like ask her if he was like notified about this and she just sort of shrugs. I think just Skeletor does what Skeletor does. But he gestures to that to you and so then he says, and so for the future of our department, for the future of this university, Dr. Maya Bright! Yeah! <laughs> and uh, he announces you, uh, what is the presentation? Well, like, we'll, we'll do the first bit here. What do you do? What's the presentation? As he's announcing me, I do like a little twirl and then like a Sailor Moon stance like. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> they were not expecting this level of pageantry for this event. And honestly, they're here for it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Next up, as soon as Skeletor, um, he does not exit the stage. He actually comes over to my side of the stage where there is a a cushion chair like from a dining room or something <laughs> that's that's been taken over and he stands right behind it and just kind of like rests his hands on the top of the chair and with a wave of my hand the students that I've selected for this portion of the display all seven of them throw on their navy blue robes because mm-hmm. like black is so out <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they they put their gloves on that have uh, specific symbols hand-stitched into the back of them. That was another part of, like, if you're going to be a part of this, you're going to have to, like, actually do it for real. So they made their their adornments and their the proper symbols. Mm-hmm. And then they roll out this rug that takes up half of that stage, and it has a symbol on the on the very top of it. It's an entire, like, it's not transmutation circle, but it's the word that comes to my head. But it, it's... Uh, like a summoning ritual it, kind it, of thing. It's like a ritualistic circle. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like super witchy up in here right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is happening. And then six other people start wheeling over like a, a reclined body mm-hmm. that they've been working on for half the semester now. And as it's wheeling up, I, I step up to the, with my mic, uh, wave my hand over to the evocators and the people wheeling in the body is like, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the wonderful students helping me out today. <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, students! <laughs> they're doing such a wonderful job and they're dressed to the nines, just like they need to. Been so wonderful teaching for them this year and uh, helping them in all of their endeavors and in turn them helping me. We've done so much together and We've made so much together. <laughs> that is what I want to display today. The grand reveal. And Skeletor <laughs> starts getting a, a, a little big for his britches. And he's like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> uh, reveal it! <laughs> <laughs> then the, this, the six people wheeling it in. The, the um, morgue wheelies or like mm-hmm. the ambulance... Uh, benches like that gurney. you can yeah you can crank up and down yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they crank it all the way up to be level with uh the stage and then they they all together move the body into mm-hmm. the circle on this rug um and immediately there's a very faint blue glow on the circle itself and little particles are just kind of like starting to float up around the rug mm-hmm. and the students themselves are like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it's actually working oh, oh shit it's doing a thing <laughs> uh maya looks over 
And she starts looking a little nervous Mm -hmm. because, like, it's actually happening and it's kind of, like, getting to her that this is really happening. This is for real, not just a theory on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And she's like, uh, yeah, so uh, what we've been working on for this semester is uh, what I've dubbed the Zamboni. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Zamboni over here is a class project, and everyone together has been stitching together their own skin cells, infusing their own blood with the project to make it a true living thing. And we got a little creative with it, so he's not quite human, but he's got most of the pieces there. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of fully human, we went with a pig man, as you can see. He's got a boar for a face, and that is... Um, Boring. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Woody. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. You ain't at the seat. <laughs> Don't you boo me. Um, Don't you heckle me from outside the building. <laughs> the boar head on this pig man is in tribute of our wonderful university and everything that it does for us and can do for us. Crowd. <laughs> Claps. <laughs> Liam will say, this is how sanity dies with some wrist applause. (laughs) 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 And at this point, the students in the robes have completely circled the body and they're starting to do very specific hand movements, like moving it uh, one hand over the glove and that symbol starts glowing in a manner (laughs) and then moving it through the other hand and it does the same thing. And they start chanting something under their breath while they're doing almost like a ritualistic dance over mm-hmm. it. And slowly they, even though they were in a full circle, they now part where there can be one more person in there. And at this point, Maya takes a locket from beneath her dress that she always wears. And it's this golden blue aura that comes from it. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost looks like one of those like essential oil lockets where it's got the vine design all over it. But mm-hmm. uh, when you open it, there's like a little pocket that you can place the oil in there. So as she holds it up in the air and it starts glowing a little brighter than before, she announces, For my dean and for this university, I bring to you a living being which once was dead. And she opens the locket, and some of it starts to leak out a little bit, like it's a liquid. Mm-hmm. And she goes over there, and Skeletor like brings the chair yeah. with him, and she stands in the very middle of the stage. And as it's stripping down her arm, she'll also do like a ritualistic, uh, like hand motions, and her hair starts floating, and like <laughs> the buns unravel, and like electricity starts crackling mm-hmm. uh, as she's chanting her own words. And as this is happening, the evocators are also being louder with their chant, and the whole room starts going dark as electricity starts bubbling from the stage. And then the lights that are overhead for the whole auditorium start glowing brighter, uh, brighter and brighter until it's almost washed out. And then all of the lights go off at the same time as soon as the electricity stops. Mm -hmm. And then Maya slumps in her chair that Skeletor brought over, and she doesn't move for a while. But the pig man does. The evocators move off of the stage. The pig man himself starts twitching and blinks his eyes blearily and like sits up just a little bit on his elbows and starts looking around. 
All right. Uh, I think it's time to roll. So what I'm going to have you do, you're going to roll three dice. You're taking this roll at disadvantage. You're going to roll three dice, take the lower of the two. Okay. Uh, or the lowest two of the three, rather. Uh, and before we get to this roll, we established ahead of time, uh, I'll have in the previously on this detail, that this is going to be a published role because this is you presenting this research and this is you, like presumably there's some documentation that goes with this. This will go into some research journal as part of the Pickle Day festivities. That's all a little bit hand-waved by this. But since this is so magical in nature as well, we're, we're going to roll this as a publish, but we're going to be, as far as like consequences and stuff, I'm going to also be using things from Cast a Spell because that is also what's going <laughs> on here. <laughs> so just be aware of that. As we go into this role. But to go ahead and do sorcery at all or just research for publish? Or is it like a, a I will let role? you roll whichever one you feel is more appropriate. Because this is something where you've both applied yourself with research to get here. But this is also a sorcery moment. So like, I'll let you roll either. I do think that sorcery makes more sense. Okay. Since it, it was like a grandiose display. Yeah. So a disadvantage with sorcery, do I add the plus two anyway? Uh, yeah, you'll still add your plus two. Yeah. I got a six altogether. Six altogether. Uh, that is a miss. Ain't that a shame? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B on this. For publish, some of the consequences that are, are happen on a, a mixed success is I choose one of the following. Someone doesn't like your results and now it's personal. You've made an enemy. Your head of department is jealous and cuts your funding. Uh, the dean reminds you this is a teaching university or uh, it's a low-quality journal and your reputation suffers. I, I do think that this is going to be um, a moment where your reputation will suffer some. But it's less the quality of the journal and more what's about to transpire. Because I'm also going to go over to cast a spell and... Things start to go a little bit wrong. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so you've collapsed back into this chair as your as your creation, the Zomboni, who's quite a large build. Students usually don't have the expertise to get into really fine components. So like you build them big because it makes it easier for the students to work on as part of this group project. So it's a Zomboni's a big, big pigman, and you've collapsed back in your seat. Skeletor already has out the smelling salts that he's running underneath your nose to sort of bring you back after that huge magical outpouring. And the Zamboni, as you're still like just coming to, begins to rise. And whichever student you had that was leading this, the rest of this group for the evocation element of this, they like give a command to the Zamboni to stand and like bow for the audience. And the Zamboni stands, looks around at the group that's assembled. People are like flashing their cameras, taking pictures of the creature. And this is all mostly in the dark. There's lights coming in from outside through the windows on the doors. This atrium is right off of the main entrance of the building. Uh, but the lights for the room did go off, uh, as you described earlier. And those flick back on as well. And so suddenly there's this burst of light. There's all these cameras flashing. And the Zamboni moves its arm to cover its eyes, in doing so, like knocking one of the uh, evocating students like just off onto the ground in Aww. front of the stage. And then it bellows in a swine, 
point, it bellows to the room and then just starts grabbing the evocators who are standing around it and just sort of chucking them into the audience. To, like, specifically at the people who have cameras targeted at this point. Oh my god. And like there are lights that were I described earlier, like there's the lights and the banners around the stage. I think several of those were trained where the, the pigman was as part of this, you know, part of the pageantry going on with this. So it turns around and like grabs one of the the poles holding up one of those light stands and crashes it down onto the stage. That does a little pop and fizz and like the the carpet that had been laid out coming out of the stage catches just a little bit on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, just like picture it. We're in Maya's perspective. There's all these lights and sounds and and like screams that have started. Uh, Yeah, like just the worst kind of oinking. And Maya hears all this first, almost like, you know, like a bomb's gone off and like uh, her ears are ringing a little bit after this, this sorcery. Smells the smelling salt, starts to come to, opens eyes blearily to this like <laughs> pig man overhead, yeeting people into the <laughs> audience, the crowd screaming. You're sitting in this chair like right here where it is. And I think a Skeletor who's standing next to you, waving the salt under your nose, sort of pats you on the shoulders and says, looks great. You did a great job, Maya. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like the chaos begins to spread and, and he's just like, well, you're the department head now. I'm just gonna. Uh, and he like <laughs> just walks the other way. <laughs> <Mother>. <laughs> Please tell me there's a cackling laugh through the doorway. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't go through the doorway. He just like walks off the stage flashes a peace sign and then mm-hmm. fucking poofs in a puff of smoke. <laughs> well, then I want a cackle at the poof. <laughs> yeah, your department head has left you here with this crisis as you are the new department head of the Department of Life and Death. Uh, your creation, the Zamboni, has started to, I don't want to use the word rampage. Why wouldn't you, though? But it started to rampage. <laughs> and chaos has broken out in this space. Maya, what do you do? Um, I am extremely dizzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though now I am, uh, for the most part, conscious, I can't really get out of the chair without my knees wobbling really bad. I am looking upon this scene, like, regretting everything that's happened up to this point. And now I'm, like, looking back and forth, trying to find the Dean. Mm-hmm. And it, does he sit in the chair that I, I gave oh, him? Oh, the, the dean was one of the first people hit by a flying student. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, so the dean is there, but he has a, like, he's been knocked over by a student. He is lying somewhere in the audience that is now beginning to panic. Is the assistant dean's beehive head upset and, like, bees are flying around? <laughs> oh, Zach, why do you make this situation worse? <laughs> yeah, there are also bees. <laughs> angry bees here now. Not the bee. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you see the Dean's been knocked over. The assistant Dean, I think she is uh, trying to rally people and like get them organized and get them out of here. But the bees are upset. This is not this is not the showcase that the bees came here for. Uh, and the bees are upset. Uh, so she's simultaneously trying to direct people while also trying to get her own bees under control. Gracious. Uh, so, so Maya, you stand weakly to your 
to your feet, uh, knees just shy of buckling beneath you. I am grasping the back of the chair desperately to keep myself upright, and I'm I'm like wobbling just a little bit on my feet, and I'm looking where the dean is on the floor, yeah, helping a student get back up. And I'm under my breath. I'm like, no, it wasn't supposed to go this way. It wasn't supposed to go this way. And I tried to let go of the chair and get to the other side, but I end up falling over. And so then I try to use the chair as a walker of sorts and like just kind of scoot myself to the edge to just to get closer to Mr. Zamboni on the other side and do my emergency reverse spell that I probably don't have the energy to to cast at this point. But I get to the edge of the stage and I'm trying to extend my hand that still has some spots from the golden blue liquid before. And it grows very, very weakly as I, I try to utter something uh, like a reverse spell under my breast. But I my voice keeps catching because now my throat's really dry and I'm starting to freak out. And the, the goo stops glowing at this point. So it's not anything I can do about that. <laughs> So I want to cut from this scene. I want to launch ourselves from this chaos that is unfolding inside of the Department of Life and Death Atrium. I want us to go back outside the building where the screams have not begun yet. The sun is still shining bright. The birds are singing. Uh, and Woody, most of the traffic at the Department of Mindbending's table has really died down now, seeing as lots of people have gone moved past this sort of starting area and gone in to go and check out the research showcase or gone on to check out the rest of campus. And as you're standing here, maybe even like starting to collect some of the stuff from the table that hasn't already been given out, I think most of the students who've arrived have already arrived and are part of the festivities. So you might keep up a a small amount of stuff here, but like some of the stuff's extra, you start packing it away. And that's when you notice a familiar face walking up to the booth. Um, it's your TA, Burton, uh, who is walking up. He's like given a half-hearted wave as he heads up to you. Hey, Dr. Templeton. Woody, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know why you're asking this rhetorical question right now, but I... It looks to me like you're running the table. As you can clearly see, there's not many people here. There seems to be a party in this other building that I wasn't invited to. Many people seem to be whooping and hollering, even some oinking. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, the production has just gone underway. It's not chaos yet, but it will be soon. <laughs> I don't know what I'm missing out on. But I do know that you've been missing in action for weeks now. Days? Minutes. No, it's been weeks, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm back a little bit early. I said I was going to take two weeks, but I uh, I finished sooner than I expected. So you're aware of the deep-seated troubles you've put me through? Uh, I I could probably guess. I know that it was a little bit uh, irresponsible of me to leave you this close to the end of the semester like that, but I've got kind of important news, uh, Dr. Templeton. Um, 
I've decided to leave pig smoke. I know I said I had a family thing. I, I'm trying to, like, be more honest now that I'm not going to be a part of the Department of Mindbending. But, like, I went to do some interviews at Glory Staff College. They've got a really strong medical track there that I wanted to kind of explore. Burden. Do you know what carbonated water is? Uh, yeah, I, like, I've, I've drunk a, like, a spritzer before, yeah. And do you know that the majority of the water on this planet is not carbonated? Last I checked, uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess, I hadn't really thought of all water as being either carbonated or not before the day after you left i found out that the world is flat but now what you have told me has flattened me worse than that bad joke yeah you see dr t i think this is like what i'm kind of this was kind of one of the reasons why Because, like, I, I just don't know. I never know what you want from me or from anyone, really. Is this Burton or David? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is me, Big B, Burton. Uh, I just made that character decision that my friends call me that. Uh, <laughs> I just... Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about the whole time I was going through the interviews and stuff was like you talking to to Lassie the other day after class. Do you do you remember that? I do. Um, you you said then that people are only loyal when they have no other options. Hmm. And. I don't want to say that you're right, but I think you were in this instance. I think, I think that's coming to you from a place of fear of true connection with people. And like, if that's the only grounds of your relationship, then yeah, it's hard to inspire loyalty that way. I don't know. I've just been given this a lot of thought. Woody proceeds to offer... Burton a brownie. Is this one of the tasers, or is this really a brownie? That I do not know. He'll take a bite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to roll a dice. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good throw. Yeah. It's a five. On a on of a of a die six, okay. uh, that's pretty good. I think it's a brownie. <laughs> I would say it's a brownie. Yeah, he takes it, but it has a... raisins in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, it's like what if it's a pot brownie? <laughs> <laughs> he takes he takes a bite. He's like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Tastes familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I almost feel like Burton needs to pull like his own additive to. To the brownie. Well, this could use just a little. I got this from Glory Staff. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls out a little, I guess, uh, a little Glory Staff branded bottle of CBD. 
<laughs> does a few dabs on top. But yeah, he eats the bit of brownie. And he's like, I didn't... I didn't do any of this to, like, spite you or anything, Dr. Templeton. I, I don't want you to feel like I didn't learn anything while I was working with you and, like, w working under you and stuff. I, I think I did. And that's why I'm leaving. Burton, did anyone ever tell you the little nursery rhyme growing up with your five little toes. She just tick another box off of your <laughs> fucking chart. <laughs> this feels like a chart tick. <laughs> no. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Tell me more. Well, I suggest you look it up. I only care to reference the one where this little piggy went to market. And whether it be now or later or Years in the past, everyone must eventually go to market. And this is our farewell. So, from one sharp mind to another sharpening, it's been good, Burton. It's been good. Yeah, he reaches out, you like shake hands. Well, thank you. Uh, I really did learn a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do. Mostly that. <laughs> <laughs> But Dr. Templeton, I just want you to find your own happiness in all this, you know? Like, take this opportunity to really, you know, turn the department into what you want, I guess. Are you suggesting I finally take over? Taking over the department? I... By force? By force. I... I never said that. And like, as he says that, you start hearing screams from the building behind him. Uh, and he turns and looks around and says, Huh. You know, I think it's time I should probably go. Uh, it's been real nice having this chat. There's like screaming in the background. <laughs> it's been real nice having this talk with you, Dr. Templeton. Uh, I got a place I gotta... Is that a horse? Uh, and he books it. <laughs> Please tell me he gallops away. Just like, skipping. <laughs> like skipping. The, the brownie is starting to kick in. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he he pulls from his his bag uh, a coconut cut in half that he begins to Glorious. clip and clop like they do in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> As he gallops away, well, I think that it only makes sense for. Woody to now join into the party that he has been clearly not invited to, but is definitely curious about. Uh, <laughs> thoughts of a hostile takeover of his department in the back of his mind. <laughs> uh, and you head towards the building. Hello, it is I, David, your Pig Smoke MC. I hope you've been enjoying the finale. You might not believe me, but as wild as it's been so far, it really just ramps up from here. But before we get into that, I want to thank my incredible cast, Riley, Zach, and Dempsey, for giving their time and talents to this <laughs> ridiculous arc. They made this story what it is, and I'm so thankful to them for it. This also wouldn't have been possible without Chris Longhurst's Pig Smoke. 
I strongly recommend picking up a copy for yourself and enjoying it at your own tables. I think we've made it pretty clear it's a blast. There's a link down in the show notes. As always, next up after this finale is our post-apocalypse retrospective segment, where our cast will reunite to chat about the game and answer your questions. If you have any you want to toss our way about this arc or more broadly, you can add them to our pinned tweet on Twitter at TotaPodcast, or slide them our way via the Cast Junkie Discord server. We'll take questions through about Tuesday next week, so send them all you can. I also want to make a special request from you. Yeah, you. If this story or any of our previous games have captured your interest or brought you joy, um, it would mean a lot to me if you would leave a review for our show in whatever podcatcher you're listening in right now, or if they don't have that kind of system, on podchaser.com. Or you could do both. I certainly wouldn't stop you. Not only are reviews a great way of letting folks who find our show know it's something worth listening to, but also it lets me and the others that are a part of this project know you're out there and that we've made something meaningful to you. And that's just pretty wonderful to know. Anyway, sentimentality aside, thanks for joining us for another wild ride. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye for now. So we, we cut from there. Woody is heading towards the doors. We re- rewind just a few seconds in time, and we re-enter the building. Liam, you and BJ, Brad Jr., are sitting towards the back of this audience. Uh, people start flying through the audience, clearing, just knocking over three, four you know, people in a row, mm-hmm. uh, toppling folding chairs. One of the lights is crashed onto the carpet, this little sort of like a red carpet sort of rug running up to the stage and has now caught it just a little bit on fire. I imagine it's like supposed to be fire retardant, but like nothing's ever fire retardant enough, right? Uh, So there's a bit of a fire going on in here. And I think BJ is just sort of watching this. You see the glow of the fire in his eyes, uh, watching this in terror, delight. His face is kind of inscrutable. You can't really tell. Uh, What do you do? Liam is unfazed. (laughs) Something like this happens pretty much every year. The Department of Life and Death tries to bring back something to life or create some form of life that should never have existed in the first place. And it always goes something like this. Rude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's how about this? It's not usually on Maya's watch. (laughs) But Um, although the hamsters were on Maya's watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot to teach them how to read and they ate it instead. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Steps were conducted out of order. (laughs) Liam does have his glasses on. Oh, yeah. Does he see anything? Uh, I don't think you see anything significant with the glasses, although the glasses did like sort of like gasp with an intake of breath, which I realize now gasping is hard when you don't have a mouth, but we're going to ignore that for a minute. Uh, they gasp with an intake of breath when the mm-hmm. dean gets knocked over towards right. the beginning. Right. Uh, they seem very concerned for the dean's health. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the book, um, I, I imagine the book is like, oh, this again? You yeah. you do hear murmuring from your bag. Yeah. Uh, because, like, again, you made this agreement with sure, your, sure, sure. With your uh, book and your knife and the glasses to mostly stay silent during this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But, like, as the chaos breaks out, you have both of them in the bag together and they're sort of like, oh, what? What? What's that? 
What, <laughs> what, what's that sound? Hey, hey, take me out. Take, hey, hey, take me out. Oh, you're violent. Oh, I crave violent. Oh, yeah. Take me out, Liam. Be with me. So Liam seeing the confusion on BJ's face will do two things. He will give BJ the glasses and say, put these on. Then he will give BJ the knife and he will say, you see where the D is? He needs your help. And then he will encourage BJ to go help the dean. <laughs> so you, you give BJ a pair of, you put a pair of glasses on his face. Yes. You give him a knife yes. and tell him to go help the dean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Liam is here doing his job. <laughs> and then what does and then what does Liam do? Sits back. Uh, okay. He will take the book and open it because um, I mentioned last episode that Liam would come back to this book in a moment. He's trying to figure out what knowledge this book can uh, give us um, about the situation at hand about characters in the space and he's wondering like trying to think really hard focusing on specific people in this room or specific situations in this room and kind of staring at the book with his hands to his head right uh, to focus that energy at the book in hopes that it will impart useful info okay no i like this could you read for me the description of your book's effect again yes the function is to learn about. Um, the target is everyone I can see except myself. And the drawback is that it talks, but I wish that it did not. Yeah. Um, consulting my basic moves. Uh, this feels to me like a delve deeper. Um, I think I'm going to give you advantage on this because of your book. Cool. So uh, when you spend time poring over something or plumbing its secrets, in this case, analyzing the situation, uh, you're going to roll plus research. And uh, you'll get to ask me different questions, depending. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a three and a two, so it'd be five plus zero. So okay. it's a fail. So th this is what I'm going to give you. So you, you crack open your book, and uh, information starts flooding into you. Normally, when you've used the book's ability in the past... It's only been while you've been like sitting in a room with maybe a couple of your colleagues who you needed to know a little bit more about or or some students had come to you with a problem, like had somehow managed to track you down with a problem. And so you'd crack open your book to help you come up with a solution for them to <laughs> get them back on their own way as quickly as possible. Um, you've never opened up the book before and, and used it, used its powers in a room of several hundred people. You do this time. And information starts flooding into Liam, like people's people's birth dates, favorite foods, what they're thinking about right now, most of whom is screaming. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very muddled in that way. And uh, you're a bit overcome by all of this, this information. But what I am going to give you for this, uh, sort of a cost benefit sort of thing. I'm going to give you a sort of a free bit of information, but I'm going to take a bit of a harder move here against you as well. The one detail you do manage to latch on, partly because it's very, very loud, is that the Zomboni uh, does not like all of these lights in here. Now, anyone who sort of like was casually observing could probably have noticed some of that, but like that all of the light, including the lights coming in from the windows, there is too much light in here. This 
It's like the babies at the hospital. You, you, they, they get birth. And then there's this bright light just shining on them. And they start screaming. Who wouldn't? I mean, yeah, if I was a baby and I gave birth, I would be very upset. <laughs> what? The way that you phrased that oh, implies that the babies yeah. are giving birth. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> when a baby is born at, at a hospital or other hospitable environment and there is bright lights, sometimes they do a scream. Chill, but heckin' sass. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is your neck okay? It's bending in all sorts of weird ways. No. <laughs> My head is going to fall off soon. <laughs> um, I can fix that. <laughs> but uh, you know that this rage is completely brought on by that, and that quelling all of the light in here probably could quell its rage as well. So, like, that's the detail I'm going to give you from this, from, from attempting this at all. But you've lost sight of BJ in the melee. So who the assistant dean had asked you explicitly to watch over has vanished. As the assistant dean comes over to you, Liam, bees everywhere. <laughs> upset. Upset bees. Uh, she has, like, a group of people. They've all, like, linked hands, and she's, like, basically making a human chain and dragging people out of there. And she goes to you, Liam, and she, like, claps her hand on your shoulder and is like, Liam, we got to get out of here. This thing's going crazy. Uh, you're, you're here. Where's, where's where's the kid? Where's Brad Jr.? He wanted to go help the dean. The dean! And she, like, looks across the room, and there's, like, toppled chairs. Uh, I think the, the pig man is, like, just stepped off stage. He's, like, holding in one hand one of the light stands and waving it around like a baton. <laughs> behind him is is Maya like standing weakly leaning on the chair leaning out trying to, to touch him and uh, the Dean is somewhere ahead in in the, the chaos and she looks over and is like oh Liam you were supposed to look after the kid why is he with the Dean I mean he ran off in the chaos <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I don't know man he just did She's like, well, you're going to hear more about this later. We can't help him till we help ourselves. Give me your hand. Uh, and she grabs your hand and starts to pull you as well out the front doors of the building. Uh, as you're approaching the doors, two of them open up as Woody pushes his way into the building. <laughs> Woody, you're greeted by a sight very reminiscent of your time in Cancun. <laughs> your heart sinks further than it already was. What does Woody do? Liam, and, and just for your reference, the assistant dean is trying to pull you out of here. If you don't want to go, then that'll be up to you. But first we'll get Woody's response. So Woody, you come in. Yep. You, I'm imagining Woody's the kind of person that when presented with double doors, pushes them both open for yes. himself to make a bigger entrance. Yeah, but the, the doors often close sooner than you would like yeah. in that scenario. <laughs> so that leads you to a defensive posture of trying to re-push, and it's just an unnecessary... Well, these these doors are easy open, and they've got the slow close. So, like, you push them to their max, and you step forward, and then they, like, slowly close behind you. Hmm. Okay. Alright, so I've got two things cooking, we'll see where it goes. So... Oh, and just a bit of detail for everyone. In the background, what do you enter? The camera, like, sees you, the light illuminating behind you. You're in, like, shadow until you step forward. The chaos is happening in this room. The camera circles around in a panning shot to be behind Woody now. 
as you see and survey this scene. And just a little detail that, like, you don't notice on the first watch through, but on the second watch through, you're like, oh, how did I miss that? Uh, in the back, the clown is still there. <laughs> and he's making with with the balloon, balloons, uh, he's he's making, like, balloon swords and handing them off to people in the crowd <laughs> to fight the monster. <laughs> what a hero. <laughs> and just so, little, see that. <laughs> little pieces of his soul are just being oh, reattached. Yeah. No, the, I, great vigor. The tears are real again. The tears are real again. <laughs> so, Woody. Upon pushing the doors open, Woody makes eye contact with with Liam and then briefly the assistant dean, but back to Liam and says, Liam, I know that you don't like the stories of Cancun, but just as I reminded you then, I'll remind you now. You can't let things make a home where you don't want them to be a home. So just like we got rid of the scorpions, we've got to get rid of this beast now. Liam is unsure how to respond to that, so he'll kind of remain silent and pretend he didn't hear <laughs> in the chaos. Have you ever met a pig that didn't like brownies? Uh, and the assistant dean is like, I hear pigs are fairly omnivorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does that have to do with anything? We gotta get these people out of here. They're screaming, chaos, oh, yeah. fire, things are Yeah, so the fire has grown yeah. larger. It's finally caught on to the <laughs> banners behind, so the stage now is wreathed in flame. <laughs> well, just like that one time in Peru, you never want to bite onto a taser. So I say we go back to the table, get the taser brownies, and feed our little uh, large pig. <laughs> 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 the assistant dean, you, you've been addressing all of this to Liam, and so she just already, already a little bit fed up with you from seeing your antics with Burton back uh, two weeks ago. She lets go of Liam's hand, and then is just like, "I don't care what you do, I'm getting these folks out of here." Uh, and she just goes through the the slowly closing doors <laughs> behind you. She pulls this chain of people through. Uh, it's longer than you'd expect. <laughs> just imagine this moment of like you two standing here while just like people <laughs> giving you nervous looks. <laughs> well, I imagine them being kind of a conga line type thing where they've got hands on the shoulders. And That's so much better. I was yeah. like, imagine like sort of human chain arm to arm. I mean, you could do that, but, but it's a lot conga more fun. Line is so much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking music. Done so no, no, they're half, singing that. Halfway through the, they're yeah, just singing it. The, the, the panic. <laughs> Uh, so Liam was already trying to squirm his way out of the assistant dean's yeah. grasp. So when the assistant dean lets go, he's like, oh, no, in a very, like, Liz Beretti from a 99, where she's yeah. like, oh, no. Yes. Yeah, um, it's exactly that kind of thing where he, like, says, oh, no, and is reaching out towards the dean, but is slowly stepping back into the crowd. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because he, he kind of enjoys the chaos. Yeah. And, yeah. So, what do you make this brownie proposal? I'm going to say for our convenience that you had already... We described earlier that you've been packing up some of the stuff from the table. So, I think you just, like, have a box with you that has some of the brownies with it. Because just we don't have to navigate you running back across the street to go and grab something. <laughs> I'll say that you already have them with you. So, you're here. Liam's here. Uh, I do think for you, Maya, 
you're like so weakened right now. You're you're muttering this spell and trying. Like it requires contact, and like you keep like sort of swinging half. I say half heartedly. You're swinging with like your full intent right now, but your body's just like not keeping up with what you're trying to do. Especially as you're also trying to cast this spell and move after already casting this big spell. And so, like, I think you keep trying to get to him, but he just, like, keeps stepping forwards. <laughs> and so, like, every time, it's almost comical. Like, every time you go for the swipe, he, like, takes another step, and he's, like, just out of reach. And so, like, mm-hmm. you shuffle your chair a few more steps forward and swing again, and he just keeps moving. And so I think your problem is that he's not standing still long enough for you to, to cast this on him. You're not totally sure you can, but you're going to try. And then Woody has proposed feeding these brownies potentially tasers uh to to the creature which would probably root him in place for a period of time i see some synergy here but i'm gonna let you all sort of handle the scene there is chaos if you want to make your voices heard throughout the crowd i'm sure you can say something loud enough to be heard what do you all do like how do you arrange this I have no idea that he's bringing brownie tays. You don't know that. Yeah. I don't know you what do the heck is going Liam on anymore. And Woody towards like Woody just came in through the door so like there was an extra light. I think like you see the 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 Zomboni sort of flinch at it. And I think start in that direction because the doors were opened and increase the light in the room. Liam's heading towards the light switches at the back mm. of the room um, to hopefully turn those off. Yeah. Because I do see him enter, I do call out to him definitely because I can't think of really anything else to do yeah. that, that will help me in this situation. And so it's more out of desperation. I lean as far over the stage as I can, and I'm like, Woody! Woody, the conga line of terror is continuing out of the building behind you as the doors are slow closing. Uh, you're standing just off to the side enough to let them through while still looking pretty cool, silhouetted in the light coming in. Lumbering towards you, clocking in at seven foot eight, is a pigman of notable renown. Uh, the renown being that he is holding in one of his hands a pole with a light on the end of it that he's swinging around like a cracked glow stick. Uh, and chairs are flying. The stage behind him is burning. Maya is calling out weakly from it for your help. What do you do? Woody realizes that getting a pig man to eat random bits of whatever is not going to be easy. So Woody's plan is to throw this fist-sized brownie towards the pig man. And the first launch lands just kind of smack maybe a little left side of the lower face. and That one splats. It was a brownie. Yeah, and it just, it it does nothing. And so, uh, not trying to waste the brownies that Woody has at his disposal in this packed up box, because there was many left over, but not necessarily uh, enough to feel comfortable. He grabs a cake and launches it as hard as he can, successfully sending it into the nostrils of the pig man. Uh, Well, the cake was a calculator. It shatters. Marvelous. (laughs) (laughs) We we now have the pig man <laughs> with discomfort opening yeah. his mouth wide. Yes. To which Woody then rapid fires two or three of these brownies into the pig man's mouth. All right. I think this is an adventuring role, which we haven't talked about before. Adventuring is exceptionally uh, dangerous in this game. Uh, adventuring is when you risk physical danger, say what you're trying to achieve, and roll plus nothing. 
Hmm. So you don't get to roll any stat. Uh, on a 10 plus, choose two. On a seven to nine, choose one of you don't get hurt. You come out of it looking good or you get whatever it is you were after. I do think that this is at advantage. I think narratively, you have the supplies necessary to do this to make this easier for you. Do well. Um, that'd be two fours. So nine. Uh, the two highest? Yes. Four plus four, nine. Take a moment. <laughs> Four plus four. Ten. Yeah. I'm just, just fucking with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is an eight. Uh, an eight, though, is nice. a mixed success. So you do get to choose one of the following. You don't get hurt. You come out of it looking good. Or you get whatever it is you were after. I'm assuming you want the last one. <laughs> or should the Department of Mind Bending go ahead and bend your mind? <laughs> <laughs> four plus four is ten. <laughs> From here, it looked like you had a six. You could have told me you had a six plus four, and I would have believed you. Well, I feel like you're on the right move saying the last one. Um, I'm hoping that the tasers at least turn on and then make it either far enough into the back of the mouth or like down the, the throat into the stomach that there's actually enough meaningful damage there and that doesn't just shatter like the calculator. Yeah, I think you get what you're after. You are just milling through this box. I think you're, since you're like coming into contact, you're feeling for something that feels maybe not like cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, you're, you, you latch into something that feels more substantial and you launch a clump of that along with some like your hands are just getting covered in brownie and cake and so like you throw it all together at his you know roaring open I say roaring bellowing uh, I don't oinking, oinking oinking is just such a squeal maybe oh yeah squealing <laughs> yeah it's cut cut in the line from Maya make him squeal <laughs> Uh, yeah, he squeals, uh, squealing angrily, and you just throw like the heaviest, most substantial contents of the box into his waiting mouth, uh, and he bites down, uh, and you see his body lock up as he is electrocuted by the taser you've just had him eat, and so he stands there, shaking in place, giving Maya enough time, her chair on the ground in front of her like a walker pulling her tired body over there you you mutter your magic words and you place your hand on him in order to cast the spell um, you have the lich move which is hugely helpful to you here because yeah there should be a very powerful electric current passing through this body that is enough to render him motionless standing here and if you're coming into contact with that that would pass on to you too uh, continuing the, the grounding it just feels kind of tingly and as a matter of fact, because I am a lich yeah. uh, and my body is very weak from all the, the pressures of the magic, when I do touch his shoulder and the current goes through me, it actually jump starts my heart. And I feel so much better now. <laughs> I'm just uh, like, eee. I would like you to cast a spell to uh, stop this. Okay. So this is going to be rolling plus sorcery. Let's not be a four this. Let's see. Let's see. Oh no. I rolled a four. I rolled a four anyway. How about that? Uh, four plus two is a six. It sure 
How about it's, them apples? Uh, we need new dice. <laughs> I have now rolled two fours and two sixes in my time. Uh, the fire remains in the background, but the room has emptied out quite a bit thanks to the efforts of the assistant dean. And you touch him. You cast this spell. This is experimental magic that was binding the soul to this body, right? This was, I say experimental, like literally experimental as part of the research project, right? And so you realize as you're casting this and as you touch his form, your heart jump-starting a little bit with the energy from the taser, that you hadn't actually tried canceling it out in this way on any of the test subjects. It had always just been like letting it fizzle out with time. Yep. (laughs) So you touch him and you cast this spell and he explodes. Flesh, viscera, and sparkly, sparkly blood goes everywhere. That makes me actually want to cry. (laughs) (laughs) And brownie bits. (laughs) It smells smells faintly of brownies and cake. (laughs) Yeah. The explosion smells faintly of brownies and cake. Uh, Maya, you're right here. Woody is not too far away. Liam is thankfully a little further away, hitting the lights Mm -hmm. uh, for, for the building. As this body goes off like a small bomb, the chairs scatter. Maya, you are cast across the room. Uh, like <laughs> chair, just plowing through chair after chair after chair after chair. The people who were left here in the crowd are similarly rocketed from the shockwave. Woody, I think you were pushed back and you topple, rolling shoulder over feet, a few feet over on the, the marble ground in this room. And... <laughs> I think, Liam, you just turned the lights off when that happened. And then, boom. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, Liam thinks that him turning the lights off caused the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, so no. he, like, turns slowly back around and then, like, very carefully turns the lights back on. <laughs> Every surface in here is covered now with something gross. And sitting, I, th- I think... They were they made it their way to the off to the far side of the stage. So sort of like poking their heads up over the edge of the stage, you see the thinning hairline uh, and gray hair of the dean, mm-hmm. and next to him, a kid, Brad Junior. BJ, wearing your glasses, Liam, still holding in one hand a knife. As they sort of like look up over the edge of this stage, the wall behind them just splattered with shimmery, sparkly blood and like, it's like embedded in the wall, a tusk from the pig man. <laughs> and they stand up slowly. People who are shell-shocked in the room also start standing up. Uh, Maya, I think even for your lich self, uh, well, I guess in order to be injured, you'd be like hit by a bus. I think we established that in the setup. I mean, I could have been like impaled with something on the way down, like maybe mm. by a piece of chair that exploded. So it's like Olaf from Frozen. Maya, you, oh, you, I've been impaled. Yeah, you stand back up and like, you, <laughs> you don't feel amazing. Uh, in fact, like your shoulder feels like especially strange and like a little bit wet. And you reach up and uh, one of the folding chairs, the plastic top of it was shattered. And one of the metal poles from it is just like sticking through your shoulder. You just have a chair yeah. hanging off of your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look at this metal piece that's sticking out of my shoulder 
uh, the tingling sensation of something happening to the nerves that are over there, but no actual pain yeah. uh, coursing to to what would be my brain. Mm-hmm. And I just look at him like, Skeletor was right. I did become the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant for this. Everything is so clear now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Liam, I think you're towards the periphery of the room still. I think the Dean and BJ come over to you. BJ is sort of like brimming with excitement, just like... Oh, that was so cool. Does this happen all the time here? And the Dean is like, oh, no. Uh, like seeing his excitement. Yes. <laughs> Every day, in fact. <laughs> oh, man, you should have seen last last Tuesday was wild. <laughs> L- Liam will say last Tuesday was far worse. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, this is the coolest place. Uh, oh, oh, right. Uh, you're uh, the, the dean, right? And uh, Dean Whitmore's like, yes, uh, yes, I am of this fine institution. And he like waves his arm at the car. <laughs> uh, and is like, oh, I was supposed to give these to you. Uh, and he takes off the glasses that you'd given him, Liam, and he hands them to the dean. Uh, and the dean, if you remember back in his office, was wearing like a tiny set of spectacles, uh, like on the, on the edge of his nose. And in this melee... Uh, they are. He he was hit with a person in the face. They're gone. They're shattered somewhere. And he's like, "Oh, uh, thanks." And he picks them up and he puts them on his face. Blinks and's like, "Huh? I I've been meaning to go to the optometrist for a little while. Uh, my glasses were out of prescription. This this all looks way worse, better, <laughs> way better. Than you. Huh?" And the glasses are just like, bring the world back into focus. Ah. And also, the Dean, these glasses, they look pretty good on him. Mm. Like, the other ones, like, the, the small glasses, like, they made him look a little bit older, mm. you know? But, like, these, mm-hmm. like, it's like you've just taken ten years off him with a set of glasses. Mm. It's crazy. What a wholesome adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and all of this has happened. The clown stands up, his eyes wide. The tears always real. Stands up. Picks back up. He has like a little uh, briefcase that has his clown name on it. Uh, his name is... Senor Squeakums. His name is Senor Squeakums. It's, it's it's adorable. There's now This thing is just covered in like pig guts now. Isura. He, he picks it up. He sort of like taps it on the ground a few times to shake off some of the guts. Uh, he walks over... To the dean and he reaches in to his case and he pulls out he pulls out and gives him an invoice <laughs> he tips his little clown hat and he walks out of there <laughs> a shattered man <laughs> <laughs> so piglet day is a beautiful time for students, for prospective students, for teachers, for professors, for researchers at the university. And 
When you leave the atrium, it feels a little bit more like that again. There's tons of people who weren't part of the research showcase who are outside. I think like there are attendees from the medical department at Pig Smoke that are tending to people, helping them with their wounds. Maya still has the chair just casually. Um, I, I don't think Maya's too bothered by it. Her, her left arm isn't working quite the way it usually does, but like, eh, she'll fix it later. But you all are outside in like the light of day and passing by on the street. Uh, people walk up and down here all the time. And also there's all the festivities still going on. But walking down the street, you see a man of average height with sort of curly red short hair. He's wearing a, a you know, nice blazer and he's walking next to uh, a yellow lab and a small woman with glasses. And he is walking, talking, uh, seems a, a bit like involved in this conversation and then turns and, and sees you leaving the building. Liam, uh, your back was to the explosion when it happened. So your front is perfectly clean. Your front is currently what's facing forwards. Woody, you sort of toppled and rolled across the ground. I think you were close enough to the, the shockwave that you missed a lot of the splatter. I think like if someone looks real close at you, you look maybe a little bit disheveled, but like you're not too gory. Uh, Maya looks like a crime scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I work it. Uh, the Dean and BJ uh, both were hiding behind the stage when the, when the gut spray happened. So they both look okay. They look fine. Um, if you look at the bottom of their shoes, it might be a little bit touch and go, but like... And BJ has a frightening look in his eye. Uh, a frightening look of, of joy and determination. Correct. Correct. Things you never want to see in anyone's <laughs> eyes. And the Dean, uh, I will say, also looks good for his age. Wearing the glasses. He, uh, <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> so they've just made it outside. And the Dean, like his whole body clenches up, tenses. And you hear him just mutter under his breath, Brad. And having just glanced this way, Brad Flanagan Sr., the Dean of Glory Staff College, turns to the people he's walking with and tells them to wait for a moment and walks on over and says, Hey, BJ, how, how was the day? Did you enjoy uh, your tours here at Pig Smoke? I, I, oh, sorry. I know that it, Pickle Day is still happening. It's not over yet. I, I didn't mean to come and, you know, be a, be a wet rag, your old man showing up. But uh, it looks like you're having a good time. Oh, yes. It has been a most interesting and productive day. I would like to come back here. Is that acceptable to you, Father? The Dean is like tense, but like megawatt smile on our Dean, Dean Whitmore. And Dean Flanagan smiles and is like, oh, whatever you want, Brad. Uh, you know, if you feel like your path takes you through here, that's, that's always a-okay with me. Well, I don't want to keep you busy. Enjoy the rest of your day. And he like looks up and says, oh, uh, Dean Whitmore. Fancy meeting you out here. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a, a sweet date I'm on right now. I got to get back to that. Uh, we'll talk later. I'll meet you after. I'll drive you home from school later. The buses will pick you up. Uh, but yeah, have a great day. Uh, and he turns around and goes back to Lassie and continues on the date that Woody had his class catfish <laughs> Dean Flanagan for. Uh, <laughs> and I love that Lassie was the one that was successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like everyone else, you know, she she's a mature dog from the community. She's mm -hmm. a non-traditional student. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's an older man looking for mm -hmm. companionship, you know, mm -hmm. man's best friend. 
Yeah, fact. set it for me. <laughs> Check that one off your list. <laughs> Piglet Day's over. But we're going to fast forward in time here. Piglet Day is behind us. Maya, did you ever take the chair out or is it just like there now? It's just there. Okay. So I'm like uh, trying to tug at it, but it's very lodged in the sinew and like it just kind of jerks my shoulder around. And I'm like, eh. Uh, the three of you are gathered in the Arby's <laughs> just outside of the edge of campus. At a booth. <laughs> You're at a booth because all the tables have been removed because of the giant hole in the middle of the floor in the building. You're all munching on your Arby's. Liam, I think you're looking especially forlorn, seeing as the sandwich in front of you, tasty though it might be, is no RBQ. Mm-hmm. And that, that yawning desire still burns in you. Mm-hmm. Well, you all sit there. You quietly enjoy your meal. Woody, was Woody serious about wanting to take over his department? So I'm open to different thoughts, but I'm thinking of going a different direction of that entire conversation initiated a phase of self-reflection that Woody had really not ventured into for many years some extended period of time that he's been so focused on trying to get other people into this designed track of thought that he hasn't really spent any time thinking about what does he love, what does he want, what is truly motivating him, that he's gone through this phase of self-discovery and reconstruction that I don't necessarily have a color in mind, but there is some type of neon hair dye that has now come upon Woody's receding hairline that he's more free-flowing and less uptight and more of go with the flow. I'm, I'm less here to control something and more of just the, you know, things don't need to be so serious. He ate the brownie, didn't he? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be a new habit. <laughs> that brownie uh, really changed his life. Yeah. I think I think we see Woody uh with his new shock of neon colored hair and no toupee. He's he shed the toupee. It's just his natural hair mm-hmm. dyed a glorious color. Mm-hmm. I think like you're on your phone and you're like scheduling your next appointment with your therapist, excited to talk about your new breakthrough. Maya, uh how is Maya coping with her new responsibilities as the chair? I mean obviously this is like still the same day, but like I think after all the craziness, maybe it's starting to sink in a little bit that something's going to have to change as far as like how you're doing everything now that you have become the chair, quite quite literally. Um, for the first time in years, she has actually started to mellow out very slightly mm-hmm. uh, because all of these ambitions that she's been rolling uh, rolling around in and researching all at the same time and not slowing down at all. All of that was supposed to have accumulated to that moment uh, back at Piglet Day. Mm. And she blew it. Mm. Quite literally. <laughs> Fair. Um, and that gave her a lot to think about. Um, it didn't like stifle her curiosity in making 
inane decisions in her research or going ahead and just doing what she feels like doing in the moment. But she's a lot more serious on the front of her original mission, which had to do with the Pigman. And she has actually had to reconstruct a new locket because that other one uh, got crumbled during the spell casting up on stage. And she's pretty upset about that because she'd had that necklace for a really long time and having to do that all over again is quite the setback in her mind. Uh, but she she tries not to let it bog her down. Sometimes it makes her stare into her tea a little longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is still... It is still... a sweet tea. We are at an Arby's. This isn't like... Yes. Um, or, or did she bring a thermos? <laughs> no. Uh, definitely got one of those uh, the ice sweet teas. Mm-hmm. But she like popped off the lid and she's just like looking into it. Mm-hmm. Tons of thoughts racing in her head. She almost knocks it over by just slightly twitching her shoulder and the chair kind of knocks into the cup. And she's like, huff. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but she is already devising some new plans on how to reconstruct the pig man mm-hmm. uh, with a much more thought out plan. Proper tools this time and maybe not have a bunch of children make it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe keep this one private for next time. Is she going to abide by that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Zamboni 2.0 will live again. <laughs> In the middle of this meal, she blinks away from her tea and just kind of looks around the table. Hey, guys. Do you know I'm the chair now? Maya, you've told us this joke hundreds of times. But no, like, for real. Yes. Okay. For reals? As in the new trending thing that I've found myself taking too many of? Like Facebook reels? (laughs) I'm so upset. (laughs) (laughs) Liam. Mm Mm-hmm. Three of you finish your meal at Arby's. Mm-hmm. You throw away your trash and the can on your way out the door, almost tripping over the wet floor sign at the rim of the massive hole in the floor. Why do we not just throw it in the massive hole? Because uh, we don't litter in this household. Yeah. Household business. We don't it's litter my in this business either. <laughs> also, <laughs> also that's an active dig site. <laughs> you don't litter at a dig site. Anyway, you toss out your trash on your way out the door. Woody heads back to his car, now able to start again. Maya, maybe Maya does just hop down the hole. Yeah. And <laughs> I just kind of shoop at home that way. And when I'm like, bye, it like echoes through the chamber. Liam, you stand outside, your face tilted up at the sky. You, you think about the day, think about the week. Your mind drifts back to your, your digs, your research. You think about your trip to Iceland the answers, but the non-answers you found there. You felt like you were close to something, but that it's just beyond your reach. And as you're thinking about this, you see a a shape materialize from the shadows at the edge of the Arby's. A figure steps forward out. It's the assistant dean. You hear the bees buzzing before you see her, but you turn to look at her standing there, her hair slightly aglow with the beehive that's there, the light streaming through it. She looks at you with her coal eyes, and she says, Liam, you've been uh, doing your research here, right? You talked to me about it the other day? Yes. 
and she she steps forward towards you and she takes your hand and she places something inside of it and she says you should come by my office later this is a a dark road you're on but I think it's worth walking and she turns and she walks back around the corner slinking back into the shadows she came from and in your hands you open them up there's two things there's a packet of barbecue sauce and there's a gold button like you might have on a on a vest or like cufflinks that is in the shape of the Arby's hat logo and in the middle of it is a stake with the word Arby's stakeholder on it Whoa. Right. So this is kind of awkward for Liam because he's decided that university life, academia, not really for him. Mm -hmm. And so he's been formulating a plan to start his own business. Um, He's going on Shark Tank uh, here in a couple of weeks, and he's going to be promoting his new business idea. Starbecue. Um, now, this both excites and confuses him because mm-hmm. now he has a conflict of interest happening here mm-hmm. where he presumes that this means that somehow he's now a stakeholder in Arby's somehow, or at least he's being invited to like meet with stakeholders or something. And he also has Arbecue sauce recipe now from this packet, which is something he spent so much time researching. This will help him jump ahead in his business venture, Mm -hmm. Um, but it leaves him very conflicted internally. He also really doesn't want to tell the assistant dean in person that he's no longer working in academia because that would result in death. (laughs) (laughs) So Liam stands there holding these in his hands for a minute. What does he do? What is the note we leave Liam on and probably this episode on? Hmm. Liam walks out of the Arby's with this in his hands and he walks up to his his car and he climbs over the side of the car into the seat there um, and puts his feet on the ground and starts to push backwards, turning the wheel and then starts like pushing forward with his feet and says, Yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Like I, I, he is like a Luddite, right? Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't be using a modern car. No, it's Woody then asking for a lift yeah, from Liam sure. is hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it works. <laughs> I'm just mad. About it. <laughs>